Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to the final episode of the year of Ragtag Patriots. We welcome each and every one of you. We thank you for joining us this evening. We're going to start out the program by reading the Christmas story. And then after that, Mark will take us into the meat and potatoes of the final program of the year. If you want to follow along, you can follow along in Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went there to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, they're in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was an angel <clears throat> there was the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, and as it was told to them. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Good Go evening, ahead, everyone, and welcome to Ragtag Radio. This is Mark, and we're going to celebrate Christmas tonight. Thank you, Fabian, for your rendition of Luke chapter 2. A very beautiful story. 
one we're going to celebrate again this time next week. Tonight, you can call me the political Santa Claus. Because I bring great tidings and joy, on a political scale at least. Let's start with this week's passage, or the upcoming passage, of the tax bill. Now, for many of you who don't know, the reason why Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem is because they had to pay their taxes. This week, the House and the Senate will pass the resolution bill, which will give a tax break to all Americans. And hopefully the president will sign it close enough to Christmas that it will be a great Christmas present for all Americans, including the left, even though the left are not in favor of this. Now, this is our first topic, the tax bill. What do you think about this tax bill? Have y'all read it? Have y'all seen some of the caveats, some of the uh, exclusions, some of the uh, – what do you think about it? I'll start with you, Barbara. What well, do you think about this tax bill? I think it's great, but the only thing I disagree with is they didn't uh, eliminate the uh, death tax. That's the only thing I have – why eliminating the death tax is bad? Well, because he did run on it, and, you know, it's something that needs to be, you know. Wait, eliminating uh, the death tax means that families get more of their dead person's assets, right? Yeah. You also allow for for family farms or family businesses to continue once the patriarch or the matriarch is dead. Yeah. I just so, don't know why they didn't include that, you know. <laughs> well, I understand that. That's that's something that needs to be repealed. That's something mm-hmm. that person, when a person pays taxes all their lives and dies, why should the government want another share? Yeah. And it's a horrible thing. Okay, Tricia, how about you? What about this, uh, this tax bill? Well, I think it's a good one. Except for, like Barb said, the, the death tax. I mean, like you said, they've paid taxes all their life. Why would they have to pay, a t- their family have to pay a tax on anything they left? Monetary or whatever. Why should their, the family, the remaining members, have to pay to claim their relatives' money? Or business. It doesn't make any sense. Not when, like you said, they've paid taxes all their life. So other than that, it's a good deal. I agree. That's The death tax is something that should have been included in this bill. But I think one of the – I think that's going to be a future thing. Really, what President Trump wanted was businesses to be able to prosper in this country. Plus, you do have a pseudo-repeal of Obamacare with the individual mandate being excluded. Right. Right. So you're really you're putting one of the death nails in the coffin of Obamacare. You're giving businesses room to grow. Uh, 
going to grow the middle class in the long run. So for the most part, it's a win-win for everything. Now, I know that the New York branch of the Federal Reserve came out, I believe today, and said that the GDP estimate for the fourth quarter of this year, they revised it to nearly 4% growth. Yes, I saw that. Now, 4% growth is something that Obama had not achieved in his eight years of office. Exactly. Now, President Obama is claiming that the economic growth we're seeing here today is because of his economic policies. Well, I'm actually inclined to agree with part of that statement. I am to a certain extent as well. Because from an economic standpoint, okay, again, and this is Economics 101, you generally don't see the policies of a president until, or the effects of the economy of a president until after they're gone. Now, let me put the caveat in there. Much like Ronald Reagan did, Ronald Reagan came in and immediately made changes, which caused the stock market to soar. You are seeing the stock market and a lot of the growth that's happening in the GDP is a result of consumers being more confident about the economy and the illusion that President Trump can actually control the economy. Okay, so the markets tend to be more favorable. Um, As a matter of fact, if you go back from what was the Dow Jones on January the 20th, when he took office to now, you're going to find that it's an exponential growth. So there is there is some truth that some of Obama's economic policies are being seen, but President Trump's deregulation and the tax bill is also accounting for, I would assume, if I had to put a number on it, I would say about 2.5% of the... Uh, GDP growth would be attributed to Trump, and the other 1.5 could be contributed to Obama policy because the 1.5 seem was the standard uh, under the Obama administration. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a lot of the uh, the allowance for the influence, the influx of American monies to be put into the stock market has a lot of effect on the numbers you see today, as well as some of the regulations like Dodd-Frank, and there's a host of other ones that are contributing to the rise in the market. Now, we noticed the rise in the market probably for the last 10 years since the recession, the Great Recession. The stock market has been building and building and building, and with the confidence of this president you have the records we're seeing today I don't believe the stock market is solely a Trump thing like you said I think it's more of a, more or less the policies of Obama in that case 
but you also have to look at the economic um you have to look at the job numbers. The number of jobs Obama never year. Obama never had the stock market at such heights in his eight years in office. Yes he well, not the records we okay, today, so, but Obama so, has been the, Okay, go ahead, Fabian. Well, I was just going to point out that one year ago today, okay, the stock market was at 19,677. The stock market at the close of business today was 24,876, a net gain of almost 5,000 points. Okay, or a net gain of 20%. I just don't understand how you can give Obama credit for 4% GDP when in his eight years he couldn't even muster past 1.5. Wait, GDP and the stock market had nothing to do with each other? No, it's two no, very different Obama, things. I know that. I know that. But <clears throat> No, what I'm saying is you look at the numbers, look at the stock market in January of 2009. It was around what thirteen thirteen thousand, I believe. Well, when President Obama took office in January two thousand nine, the Dow Jones uh, was at seven thousand nine hundred and forty nine. Okay, seven thousand four seven thousand. That's rounded down to seven thousand. In the four in the eight years of Obama, it grew by third by twelve thousand points. Now, it didn't mean that he was a great arbiter of the economy. It just means that there were things done by the U.S. government and the Fed to prop up the Dow Jones. And those things are still in play. And that's the reason why you had such a net gain in the last year. You also have to factor in the way the economy being run by Trump is carrying the market. When you have deals where you have American companies coming back to America, you have job growth, you have all of this, you're going to have a rise in the market. So as a part of giving Obama the credit, the things that his government and the people under him in the government were able to do in his eight years is contributing to the spike in the Trump economy. It's going to be a it's going to be a few years before we really have this being Trump's economy, and then we can see where it goes. And in all honestly. All honesty, we are still dealing with the Bush economy because it takes about 10 years for a president's policies to impact the economy. Well, normally I would agree with that assessment. Again, economics 101. However, in this particular case, when you look at, okay, the barometer of the stock market, when President Obama took office, 
stock market at seven thousand nine hundred and whatever it was. So let's round it up to eight thousand. Okay, when he left, nineteen thousand. Okay, so it was a gain of eleven thousand points. Now, in the stock market, you have to factor in all kinds of variables. Okay, the biggest one is that big I word. Okay, so if the cost of money were the same as it were January 20th, 2009, the stock market would have been at 14,000 points, meaning a net gain of 6,000 points. Okay, the rate of inflation since January 20th of this year till now has remained at zero, which means that the 5,000-point gain that has been made between January of this year and now is a static gain, which means that more has been infused into the economy cash-wise in one year than was done in six years in the Obama administration. Now, why is that? Um, I think the biggest thing is deregulation. I think the second biggest thing, which has caused it to jump the past five months, is the talk of tax reform and it becoming a reality. If you look at the stock market today alone, it was plus 140 points, 143 to be exact. All on the news that this tax bill is going to go through. So I don't think we can follow the traditional, much like the whole Trump administration, it's hard to follow the same traditional uh, economic status quo, so to speak, in this, because I do think that the Trump factor has exponentially in, impacted the economy, the GDP, and the stock market. And a true barometer of, a, of an economy, folks, is the GDP, not the stock market. Okay, because the truth is the stock market's overinflated right now. But, but don't you think in 11, going on 11 months now, that he's been in office for it to jump from 1.5 to 4? You, well, I think, you know, I think, I think it's phenomenal. If, I think if the auditing people were to go back and audit the numbers put out by the Obama administration beginning in 2010 and run up, I think you would find that there was a net loss. Of course. He cooked the books on unemployment. So, well, no. Now, let me, I've got to defend him here because he didn't cook the books. What they did was they changed the misery index. Okay, it's what Jimmy Carter called the misery index. And what they did was they just adjusted the misery index. So they didn't break the they didn't break the rules or jerry rig anything. They just changed the criteria. And as far as the economy goes, what they had done was instead of including people that just quit looking for work, which what the Bush administration on back had done, the Obama administration dropped those people from being factored into the unemployment program, so it made it appear that the numbers were a lot smaller than they were, five, six, seven, eight percent unemployment, when in fact they were exponentially higher to thirteen, fourteen, fifteen percent, 
And then if you want a true barometer of what the economy looked like in the Obama years as far as unemployment, I think you factor in any able-bodied American that wants to work but couldn't. I think you'd find that those numbers would be much higher along the lines of 21 and 22 percent based on uh, Pew Research, based on Quinnipiac Research, CBS, and uh, the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing about those polls, the index, it is done by polling. Many people don't realize this, but there are polls that are sent every month to see if you have a job or not, or if you are looking or not. And that's how the unemployment rate is done. Of course, you have to factor in uh, the number of jobless claims because that, that now, goes to a certain Well, I was getting ready to say, you have to factor in the jobless claims, and that's how they actually come up with the yeah. what's called the misery index number is they factor in the people that have applied for unemployment. <clears throat> and then there's the E2 and the E, well, I'm sorry, the E3 and the E6 ratings and all. Yes. It's, it's more complex than we really want to get disclosed on this show. But for the most part, I think the economy is sound. I think it's going to continue to be sound. And it's going to be sound until I think Trump leaves okay. office at this point. Yeah. The <clears throat> Democrats are now going to have to explain to their constituents why they didn't want him to get a tax cut. No, not right now they're not, because no, right now not. the majority of Americans don't like the tax cut. As a matter of fact, CBS and the Wall Street Journal just released a poll that says that 50% of Americans would rather have Democrats in control of Congress than Republicans. Okay. Now, I quote that poll, but I have not looked at the internals, so I don't have, you know, I don't have the internal information on that poll. But I will tell you that 2018 is going to be an interesting year in politics. Now, if the tax cut takes off, people begin to see it in their paychecks, about February is when everybody expects to start seeing it, then I think we're going to, I think Republicans be in good shape. And they need to push through a couple of other uh, high bills, uh, high high focus bills that I think they'll be okay. If they come back and they stall, then they're going to lose. They won't lose the House, but they'll come close, what's and they'll lose be, they'll lose the Senate. What's going to be the factor is third quarter GDP growth of next year, because those numbers are going to come out right before the election. Yep, the October surprise. And if those numbers, if the whole year we have GDP growth and Americans can feel it at their kitchen tables, the Republicans stay in power. I don't really see a major shakeup next year because I don't think the Democrats are in the position to able. I'm sorry. I don't think the Democrats are in the position to take either the House or the Senate. They may come close in the House, but as far as the Senate, they're defending a lot of seats that went that the states went to Trump. Well, they did some polling in Minnesota, and they have found that Republicans will most likely take that seat if Franken steps down. 
And Franken has quietly announced that he's rescinding his resignation. Because the war on women is over because Roy Moore lost last week. Yes. Remember what I said, that we would see the political attacks end, which has happened. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I do have to say this publicly, okay? And that is that Roy Moore is a disgrace to politics. And I agree. And I'm just going to put it out there. He has shown why he did not deserve to be senator. Right. He still hasn't conceded. He has not. And it's not the fact that he hasn't conceded that's a problem. It's the fact that he made a mention on a radio program of some obscure radio host in Podunk, Alabama, that the reason he hasn't stepped out is because the provisional ballots and the military ballots haven't been counted. There are 9,000 provisional ballots and military ballots out there that they're counting. He is down by 20,000 votes. 20,000 minus 9 equals 13,000 votes, or excuse me, Lord, I can't even add, 11,000 votes. Okay, and that's assuming that every one of them go for him. Okay, Roy Moore has proven why he does not deserve to be senator. He needs to pack up his bag and go home. Anybody that chooses, this is why Hillary Clinton did not did not contest the election. Because ever since 2000, people don't want that crap. Yeah. Okay? You either win or you lose. There were no signs, and I stress no signs of voter fraud. These little podunk idiots that went on YouTube and said, oh, there's great big voter fraud. No, there wasn't. No. Okay, the number one indicator of voter fraud, the number one indicator of voter fraud, is higher numbers in voter turnouts in certain districts that does not match the voter registrations in that area. There were none. The only two places in Alabama that you would have even remotely had that would have been Jefferson County, Montgomery County, and maybe in the slight off chance of Mobile County, where Mobile is, and you didn't see any of that. Did you see a little higher than normal turnout? Yes, you did, but it was not that much higher than the registered voters. Even more importantly, it wasn't that much higher than likely voters, and I even decided to go back six years on that one when I looked at the numbers, and you only saw about a 2% increase, which is nothing compared in a, uh, in a statewide election that is hotly contested. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing there that would lead me to believe there was voter fraud. All of the boxes came in sealed. There was nothing, you know, there was no fraud. So he needs to go home. He's a sore loser, and him and Al Gore can have a beer and talk about mm-hmm. how they should have, could have, would have won, but didn't. Well, he was a flawed candidate from the beginning, before he, before the sexual accusations came out. What it was, you were riding the coattails on your evangelical um, ideals. You and they stayed home. Well, they stayed home because they were embarrassed. Well, generally, evangelicals haven't really liked him very much in that state. He's only gotten at his highest percentage uh, of election was 42%, which was not a plurality. So he's not been very well liked anyway. He's mm-hmm. kind of 
Matter of fact, one particular individual that works in politics in that state told me that he is, and I quote, very creepy, end quote. Wow. No, I'm not Now, you know, it's not a slap against him. I'm just simply saying that when this election started and he became the nominee, he already had at maximum 45%. Okay? So he exceeded expectations by getting 48% of the vote. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, You're wrong. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> this, this is how Louisiana does their Supreme Court. You you vote for your justice based on your district, your congressional district. Each, so, each state's a little different. Like here okay. in this state, we vote for all of them. Okay. We just either put yes or no. There, there is no <laughs> you well, just put like yes or no. Told, like I was yeah. told by the justice of my of my area that there is no one man one vote like you would have in a traditional election. And the way it's structured, you vote for <laughs> your, your justice via the way the district is set up, in the congressional district is set up. Now I'm wondering what it is. In Alabama, if it's something similar, I'm guessing that Roy Moore's area liked him enough to elect him twice. It's it's a statewide. It's much like Alabama does. There's like Tennessee. Okay, so Louisiana is, is actually an anomaly when it comes to voting for judges because mm-hmm. they use the French system to vote for judges. Yeah, we use Napoleonic code. Y'all use uh, yes. English code. That's correct. Okay, so that there is a huge difference in how. Elections are held before judges. Now, Roy Moore's issue, okay, and and I don't want anybody to think we're attacking, you know, the judge. Because at the end of the day, it's like this right here, okay? And I know that Trish isn't going to like to hear this, but it is what it is. He, even in a Republican state, when Justice Moore was picked as the nominee, he was the one that was the loser that had to come out and win. Okay? And people say, well, why is that? Because it's a Republican state. Yes, it is. Okay? But he had 42%. 45 at max. So let's say 45%. Jones, on the other hand, had if... <laughs> it's all about the turnout numbers. The turnout for Roy Moore has never been all that great. Wasn't even all that great in the primary. Okay, so you automatically give Jones 45%. So who goes after the other 10%? And how do you sway the 10%? I will tell you that the sex allegations swayed enough voters for more to stay home because look at the write-in ballots, okay? People that chose to write in the candidate most likely were more voters. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many write-in ballots were there when it was all counted and done? A little over twenty thousand. How much did Roy Moore lose by? Twenty thousand. Hmm. Then you factor. Then you factor in the absentee ballots, the provisional ballots, and the military ballots. And conventionally speaking, Roy Moore is the next senator. Okay, so let's just face it. Roy Moore beat himself. Truth of the matter, he beat himself. Now, well, will he? 
Will all these allegations now go to the backwater? Of course. The election's over. It accomplished what the people that wanted it to accomplish set out to do. But anybody that thinks that this is a Republican setup has rocks in their head. Because it wasn't. Republicans did not want Jones seated. Now, will Jones vote with the Republicans? Yes, I believe he will vote with the Republicans on most things because he wants to keep the seat. Okay, and finally, we have seen the last. Um, if you'd asked me on election night if we'd seen the last of Roy Moore, I would have said no. But the fact that he refused to concede that election when it's very clear with the number of ballots that are remaining out there that he cannot win, he is a. He now goes into the catacombs of history as a sore loser, and he joins Albert Gore and Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'll put, I'll put my political reputation on it and say that. Yeah, I tend to. I would not be surprised if Doug Jones converts to Republicanism. Well, before he they, up for election again. The the only thing that would hurt him is his pro choice stance. Mm-hmm. That he has he has probably one of the worst pro choice stances I've ever seen. Yeah, up to full term abortion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, they're they're up as long as it's uh, not completely out of the JJ, You can mm-hmm. kill it. Yeah, yeah but you could also uh, have it come to Jesus moment and said, "I was wrong. I'm changing my mind." Well, now he might very well. There's a lot of pro-choice yeah. people that are in uh, in the Senate and in the House that are pro-choice personally, but vote pro-life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, so and the, who is it? Chuckles? Was it Chuckles that came out and said that, um, or somebody did that, he should be seated right away so he could vote against the uh, tax bill? Well, he wouldn't have voted against it anyway. Oh, well, he would have. Mattered. the The smartest thing for him to have done would have been to have abstained. But they're not going to seat yeah. him until the next Congress. They can keep trying, but I got news for them. Yeah. They don't control when they get seated. The Secretary of State has to certify. And since mm-hmm. Roy Moore has not conceded, okay, technically he can't certify, and he doesn't have to certify. He doesn't have to certify until the very end of December, the thirty first which is when I would certify, and then Congress doesn't come back until the second Tuesday. So by that time, uh, as a matter of fact, they're voting on the bill tomorrow. The House votes on it tomorrow, and then the Senate will take it up on Wednesday. And and I'm assuming it'll be on the president's desk by Thursday and law by Friday. You you don't think that um, uh, John McCain not being there, it will hurt it? John no, at worst, been there in about twenty years. Worst case scenario, it's a fifty-fifty vote. Mike Pence breaks it. He'll he'll be on hand presiding, just in yeah, case. Yeah, he's postponed. He's postponed his Middle Eastern trip to be there. So. But I also think that John McCain will make an appearance because it will be his final appearance. Yeah. Yeah, it will. So, uh, having said all that. Uh, Mark, what's our what's our next topic, and how many more topics do we have before we can call it a nut? We have about two more topics. Um, the topic we're going to get into right now is um, 
North Korea. <laughs> What's North Korea? Moving Never on. heard of it. North Korea. No. It needs to be wiped off the face of the earth. I'm, I'm yeah. saying North Korea because over the weekend I was privileged, to, to, not really privileged, but horrified to see the reaction of the death of King Jong-il. And it's about, is it, is it six years now? Yeah. It's six years yeah. since that old cruddy dictator died. Yeah. And the yeah. look of the faces of the people who were forced to stand out in the cold for the procession of this casket was being shown on the news this weekend. Wow. They paraded this casket again? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no they were showing a video of six years. They were showing the video, but it was celebrating again. No, well, I wouldn't put it past that guy. Well, listen, I, I'm going to put it this way right here, and, and you know, I've had, I've long had a, uh, anybody still watch Designated Survivor on, on uh, Wednesday? No, I missed it. Well, it's interesting that this comes up because the Calgary Treaty has come back up. And anybody that knows anything about the Calgary Treaty, it deals with landmines, and they want the U.S. to enter into a treaty about dispersing landmines, which the U.S. will not do. And the reason the U.S. will not do it is because guess where the number one place is for use of landmines? North Korea. DMZ, the 52nd oh, parallel, yeah. Yeah. DMZ on the Korean Peninsula. Okay, and the reason I bring this up is because it seems that there's a lot of pressure by the UN. The UN has come out and flapped their gums and said that the U.S. is putting undue pressure on North Korea. No, <laughs> putting oh, pressure God. on North Korea would be President Trump saying, um, "USS Ronald Reagan." Go. Bomb them. And him yeah. saying, look, I want you to expend every bit of arsenal you have. The 6th Fleet is backing you up and put all of the munitions plants here around my house that makes the ammunition for all of those ships on three a days, seven days a week. Okay, Which, by the way, they have ramped up production. They have went to three a days. They started three a days uh, two months ago. So they're now running around the clock six days a week. Um, a good indicator of what the United States military is planning on doing, you can tell by these munitions plants. Well, it's when you realize that one aircraft carrier battle group can level North Korea in about 72 hours, give or take. Turn those pilots loose and tell them they get two free uh, South Korean hookers and a 12-pack of beer. It'll be done in six hours. Oh, yeah. Well, look what they did in Syria with one Moab. Well, I no, can tell you that... That was in that um, Pakistan or in uh, if, Afghanistan. If I was President Trump, that hotel of doom that they've got, I would do a surgical strike and just put one bomb right in the center of that thing and blow the thing to smithereens. And then what he needs to do is have it designed to shoot fireworks into the sky that says Trump was here 17. <laughs> no, what I would do is take the hotel over, and it would be Trump Tower, 
Pyongyang. <laughs> T squared, Pyongyang. It's going to be huge. Now, on another um, foreign affairs topic, it comes to light that via Politico that the Obama administration was allowing for Hezbollah to distribute cocaine in the United States. And grow it. As a part of the Iran nuclear deal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> You're just like, yeah. um, look here, stupid people. <laughs> they just want peace and nuclear energy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the more that comes out about this nuclear deal, the more that Obama decided to get some of Barbara's battery, <laughs> go get the biggest one he could find, the nine volt, and give it to the old American people in the old tailpipe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate to use such crude terms, but the truth of the matter is is that we got screwed with an Obama presidency. Mm-hmm. And we've been getting screwed since Carter. We got yep. screwed with Clinton. Yep. Literally. Literally. He got screwed... He got screwed too, but you know, hey, that's a different <laughs> go, different topic. Um, you know, President Bush could have done things a little bit differently in some of the things that that he did. Um, he could have, you know, let his balls drop and take care of some things he needed to take care of, but he didn't. Um, that's the only critique you'll ever hear me say of my former boss. Uh, but the truth is, I wish he had been tougher in some situations or allowed his people around him to be tougher and not take as much as he took without saying something. Mm-hmm. Because some of us were like pit bulls ready to go after some people. Mm-hmm. But Trump mm-hmm. is trying to undo, and, and Trump brings some of this on himself, okay? <laughs> some of this stuff, if he had learned to zip it with the tweets, yeah. And, but that's not Trump. That's not him, though. Well, I understand it's yeah. not him. But if he could zip it with some of the tweets, he could probably get a little more done in Congress because the truth be told, there are a lot of uh, conservative Democrats in Congress that could work with him. I'll give you an example of one that could probably work with him, especially on finances, is Jim Cooper. Wow. Because most people don't realize Jim Cooper is a fiscally conservative Democrat. Okay, doesn't get a lot of talk about that, but he is a very fiscally conservative Democrat. Now that's the only positive thing I'll ever say about him. But he's a, he's a party man. He carries the party water, and you know can't well, blame him. He's he's in a Republican state, <laughs> surrounded by seven other Republicans out of a nine a nine member delegation. So, you know, I do and understand. Of course. And, of course, Obama cannot be charged. What would he be charged with? Treason. He didn't do anything worthy of treason. I would charge Obama with treason and bestiality. The Iran deal alone is treasonous. 
Asian no, it's not. A it's, better, a, it's a, a deal that he was able to make because he's an American well, president. Well, the little gray-bearded dude on YouTube seems to think so. But, but the little gray-bearded a, dude on YouTube is an idiot. I've told him he he's an idiot. I've emailed him and told him he's an idiot. Let me explain to you why President Obama is not guilty of treason because of the Iran deal. Okay? Number one, who ratifies treaties? The Senate. Who has who has the sole authority to ratify a treaty? The Senate. Congress. That is correct. Congress. The Senate. No, not Congress. The Senate. Okay? They have the sole authority to create that Iran deal. Now, here's you the, the mighty, mighty question. Could Obama veto that deal? Yes. No, he could not. Once the Senate voted on it, remember, what does it take to oh. pass that deal? Two-thirds. It took two-thirds to get that vote. 67, 67 votes made that pact happen. Remember, the gang of Republicans that crossed over, including mm-hmm. little Bob Corker. Little now, Bobby. Here's why the president couldn't veto it. Let's say he chose to veto it. How many senatorial votes does it take for a presidential veto? Over um, two-thirds, 67. 67. That's exactly right. The Founding Fathers were very specific in that number when they chose for treaties to be ratified. Okay? And the truth is, the Iran nuclear deal is a treaty. Which is why we haven't been able to get out from under it. Well, I read that he went above Congress. He he, he didn't even put it through Uh, Congress. Congress Congress ratified it. It was a closed-door deal at night, but they did ratify it. The only reason they were going through. The Gang of Eight. Here's what happens. We released $150 billion to the Iranians. Okay? That had to go through the Gang of Eight. That also had to go through a court. It it, It wasn't the easy process everybody thinks it was. Okay? And it wasn't the president being unilateral. Now, here's why he could not be found for treason. Who ratifies treaties? Congress. And that's the end of the discussion. Was what he done repugnant? Yes. Is it treasonous? No. What about undermining Hezbollah and allowing them to ship cocaine? That's a terrorist organization. Hezbollah is considered a terrorist organization. All Obama did was say to his DEA to lessen... Look look the other way. Yeah, yeah, look the other way. Look the other way. That's all he had to do. But presidents do that all the time. Much like he did with with INS. They don't tell him to violate the law. They tell him to look the other way and not see it. There is a difference. What about then... Benghazi when he was running guns to Al-Qaeda. Look the other way. He was running guns through Mexico. What happened to him once the cartels got him is a different story. And listen, he's guilty. Well, Eric Holder would have been the one to be held guilty for that 
Hillary Clinton would should have been found guilty of Benghazi. Unfortunately, both of them are indemnified. Okay, they're both indemnified, and had they went after people, and they did go after people, um, low-level people get caught. The bigger-level people will not get caught. Like it or not, that's the way it is. Okay, and you know I have to agree with Jill. I have to agree with Jill in this area is that the corruption goes so deep that you're going to be, you know, you're going to have a hard time rooting it out. And it's all not going to be rooted out under President Trump. It's just not. Okay, he's going to make the changes. He's going to try, but it's not going to be rooted out. And I will tell you all this. Mark, were you planning on covering net neutrality? Yes, I was. All right, well, then I'll shut up until you get into that topic. Go ahead. Well, we can segue into that now. Net neutrality, as far as the Obama regulation of net neutrality, went down the uh, tailpipe last week. It did. Now, you had the Democrats coming out. I even heard heard one women's group say that because net neutrality uh, had been scrapped, that women's rights was out the window. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff I've heard leading up to this vote. And the truth of the matter is, is that they're concerned. Here's the deal. We live in a capitalistic economy, okay? If Comcast wants to control their lines and the content that runs through their lines, that's their business, okay? If you don't like their service, go somewhere else. I have Comcast. I happen to like Comcast service. Okay. Um, Are they going to start charging Netflix for, you know, premium space to run their product? Probably. But why wouldn't you? Netflix is making a killing. Matter of fact, they're going up by $2 uh, Mm -hmm. for the first of the year. Because of why? Because they expect to have to pay to run their content through these cable providers. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? If you don't like running your content through a cable provider, create your own damn device and have people buy the device separately and run it through their TV. People will do that. Take Listen, things like this create innovation and create technology. Right. Okay? I mean, wasn't seven. Obama's move because he wanted control? There was nothing Obama, wrong with the Internet. Yes, they wanted to regulate it, so they had it designated as a utility. Right, because okay. there was nothing wrong with the Internet before this. No, there, I mean, there was not. Man, there was people, there were some people that were being charged, some big companies were being charged to stream their content because it eats up so much bandwidth. You know, people don't realize that Hulu and Amazon Prime and Netflix, those streaming services, eat up a ton of bandwidth. Yeah, they do. They do. Okay. And, well, for example, at any point in time in this house, there are four TVs streaming Netflix. Oh, God. Now, see, Comcast has gotten smart because Comcast now includes it on their boxes. And if you Mm -hmm. stream it through the box, it doesn't go against your Internet totals. Mm -hmm. Which I tell the kids, they better dang well stream it through the boxes or Uncle Fabe is going to come unglued. I'll accept the grandbaby and he gets to watch it on the tablet because he's the grandbaby. Uh, Grandpa don't care for paying for the baby. Anyway, <laughs> All right, go ahead, Mark. 
Well, think about net neutrality. You have to look at it like this. Did you know that the patent for cellular technology was done in the 1950s? Wow. Yes, but AT&T did a study and determined that there wouldn't be more than a million users. Well, that so was they in the did, 1980s. I know. That study was done. But the, the patent for the cell service was held because the FCC kept fighting it because they couldn't regulate it. Mm-hmm. And then in the 80s, when they did AT&T commission that study, they didn't really push the technology because when they did the study and came back, it was determined that at its peak, cellular usage would only have a million users. Mm-hmm. So how many billions we have today? Yeah, so, well, how many well have? I know in this in this house alone, there is one, two, three, four, five cell phones. Let's see, the cellular plan that I am part of, there's four phones, two tablets, and I believe a laptop. A partridge and a pear tree? Yeah. (laughs) And that's just a cell phone that I'm part of. There are people with plans that include everything from the watch in their arm, the laptop they play on, the phone they're calling from. <clears throat> so you got to figure there's a few billion devices in the world that are connected to some kind of cellular service. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue of net neutrality stems from the fact that people believe that the government is the all, the ends all and be all of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve Jobs wasn't part of the government, neither was Bill Gates. And the regulations that were constraining them hurt them until that mm-hmm. until the FCC allowed for cellular technology to be to go on in the eighties, the iPhone wouldn't be around. So technically, Steve Jobs didn't build that. It's just that the government took off a regulation. Obama built it. Duh. No, no, the government took off a regulation so it could be built. And that's the thing we also have to look at. How many innovations were made by government and how many innovations were made by the private sector? And net neutrality, like it or not, is the government saying, we know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Now, this all started, this really all started with lobbyists for Netflix and a few other entities who told Democrats, mainly Obama, that our company can't get the bandwidth they needed on certain carriers, but if you make things, you know, happen, there's a good chance that we can give you a few extra campaign dollars. And that's really Mm -hmm. how this thing was built up. Mm -hmm. Well, Netflix solved its issues with internet carriers, 
And if you want to, you could stream 800 hours a week of Netflix movies. You can see season two of House of Cards and see if Orange is the new black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is with Trump in yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Orange is the new black. <clears throat> but as are you going to get in? Are you, you going to talk about Bob Mueller? No. No. Who? Okay. Right. <laughs> can, I, can I close it out, Mark? <clears throat> it's about that time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm going to say this. For all of our members of Ragtag, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. And, and a Happy, happy New, Year. New Year. And may God bless you and keep you. And may you be prosperous in the new year. And may you turn back into our show starting at the first of the year. Or at least the first month of the year. On the January 2nd. day of Christmas, my true love sent <laughs> to me by flannel shirts. Four <laughs> big my tires, three. <laughs> Whatever it was. See, yeah, three big, let's see, four big mud tires, three shotgun <laughs> shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. That's yeah, it. That was a funny Twelve story. pack of Bud, 11 wrestling tickets, 10 to Copenhagen, nine years <laughs> probation, nine years probation, eight table dancers, seven, shoot, what was number seven? Number seven and number six, I can't remember. Seven, six, then five flannel shirts, four big mud tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and a parts to a Mustang DT. Okay. Yeah. To <laughs> to close out. Grandma with got this, run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Barbara got run over by the sex toy. Walking <laughs> home from the Adam and Eve party. Anyway, I want to read this quote as we close it out. This was to be delivered. Uh, on November 22nd, 1963. Oh, my gosh. We in this country, in this generation, are, by destiny rather than choice, the watchmen on the walls of world freedom. We ask, therefore, that we may have, be worthy of our power and responsibility that we may exercise our strength with wisdom and restraint, and that we may achieve in our time and for all time the ancient vision of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That must always be our goal, for as was written long ago, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh in vain. It was to be delivered by President John F. Kennedy. On behalf of Ragtag Patriots, the Ragtag Board of Directors, our executive director, Mark, we say you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Remember to thank a soldier for without them. We could not do what we do here. Thank the families of a soldier for without them. We wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. Have a good night, everybody. Merry Christmas. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.